Fuel is the official podcast of the 434th Air Refueling Wing. Join us for airman connections, leadership insights, mentorship, and happenings mixed with some fun and humor. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any person or business is ever intended. Welcome to Fuel Podcast, the June edition. That's kind of weird, June of 22 edition. And uh, man, we have a, a great one today. Uh, you recommended, uh, as always with me in here is, I couldn't do this without him, is Tech Sergeant Josh the Dream Weaver. And so you brought up last time, hey, let's do this Fuel for Thought uh, idea where you were going to throw it out there. Someone could offer up a suggestion for us to talk about at the end of the podcast, but it kind of went a step further, huh? It, it did. So uh, we we don't have just a, a single question that we're all discussing. Actually, the entire show this time uh, came from a suggestion on the Fuel for Thought. Yeah. So we, we got a... a just a question really in there or a suggestion of just, hey, how about you guys talk about first sergeants? Who are they? Uh, what are they? What do they do? How do you become one? All those things. So so that's what we do. We dive into uh, first sergeants and and start talking about that. So we actually have three guests this time, kind of all separate. Uh, we'll get into that. But June UTA, man, I hate to make any suggestions. <laughs> our last our right. last podcast. Any, I, any predictions yeah, on the weather yeah. this time? Yeah. I, last time I talked about the weather was supposed to be nice and it ended up hailing and severe thunderstorms. And then also, uh, if you're an AMDS, I brought this up over there with you guys, but Sergeant Douglas was on here talking about all he really wanted was air condition. And so they've been without air condition for a month now, uh, ever since that podcast aired. So, so maybe no suggestions no on suggestions. the podcast. Yeah. The, the, after the ghost hunter one where the building fell down that we were talking about we should have learned from this so uh <laughs> it, we're just hoping that you come out and you have a good time and, and uh enjoy the the june uta and and hopefully some nice weather but uh hey this first guest that we have on here uh we're going to talk with uh sergeant perez and so with this first sergeant uh, topic that we were bringing up i wanted to and, and we talked about is getting a an airman perspective on what they see first sergeants. And so uh, this first segment is, uh, this is now Sergeant Perez uh, talking about her perspective on first sergeants. So at this time, we're gonna welcome to the podcast, uh, Sergeant Perez Tejada, but uh, we'll go with Sergeant Perez, if you're okay with that. Yes, that's fine. Thank All you right. for well, having thank, me. Yeah, thanks for having taking time out of your day. I know you guys are busy every time I walk in there. you're. You're running around doing uh, orders and all kinds of stuff for people in the CSS. And so uh, we've got to know each other a little bit, but um, I don't know that uh, everybody else knows who you are. So uh, why don't you give us a brief, like, hey, where are you from? Yep. So I'm down from Indy, born okay. and raised down in Indy. Um, I just graduated from University of Indianapolis oh, with nice. my bachelor's in criminal justice. Okay. Um, going for that master's degree in sociology. Okay. Um, and what do you what do you want to do with that? Like, what do you what do you foresee that degree getting you? Yep. So right now I'm in a process um, close to getting into Indiana State Police. So hopefully okay. being a trooper. All right. Um, and then my long term goal is to go federal. So FBI or U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Marshals yeah. was like my dream job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to work with the Marshals a little bit, and it was my dream job. But uh, never got a college degree, so. Uh, still possible. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get in with them. So, uh, and, and did you always want to do that? Like that's something that you always wanted to do was, is be a police officer. Yes. Um, actually I had an encounter with a police officer when I was young and that officer changed my life. Really? So that made me like pursue that, that career field more. And it made me look up to them. Yeah. Um, so that's what kind of like drove my path to being a police officer. So hopefully I can go and change yeah. um, those children as well. Do you want to share what that encounter was? I'm glad you asked because I was like, uh, <laughs> I need more info if you're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was a young girl, um, I had some difficulties with my parents and everything. Um, and there was one police officer that I just trusted in at school and he would always come up to me and I would 
open up to him and tell him what I had going on. Um, and he would just always be there for me and check up on me every single day if I needed everything, if I needed anything. And um, he would always just make sure like he was like that father figure. Um, and day after day, I just kind of started looking at him like a dad and the profession he was in. And I would encounter like question him more about that profession. And he just made a huge impact in my life. Um, and ever since then, that just made me like go towards that career field. And hopefully I can change those young children as well. Man. That that's awesome! What a what a great positive story. Uh, so, how long have you been here at at Grissom? Yep. So I enlisted in August twenty first of twenty seventeen. I think a year later I left to basic training and then tech school. Came back, I think a year later as well, and then I started um, here. So I would say six six years now. Okay, and then. You, you recently pinned on staff sergeant, right? I did. I believe like what, five months ago or yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's new. <laughs> made it put a smile on my face when I saw your name on that, yeah. that promotion deal. <laughs> so, uh, I've always enjoyed uh, talking with you and, and enjoyed, uh, um, you know, the work that you do and stuff like that. And so you work closely with Sergeant Transfiguration, which is right outside my office. So yes. I get to harass you every time yes. you try to sneak <laughs> into her office. So, um, so, hey, we're, we're doing this podcast on first sergeants. So wanted to get kind of some different perspectives on first sergeants. So first off, when I say, you know, when I say first sergeant, you know, what do you think of as a, as a new NCO or as an airman, like uh, transitioning here, where, what do you think of when I say first sergeants? What I think of is, or what comes to my mind when I like even see the patch, um, that first sergeant that comes to you and like checks up on you or make sure like, is everything going okay? Um, do you need anything? Um, that's what I think of, like just making sure the airmen are, are okay and like um, getting information that they need to know. Yeah. Um, so just being that go-to person, that's what I think of. So what about, um, have you have you had to use the, the first sergeant at all uh, in your short time? And I'm not, not gonna ask for details, but uh, yeah, um, actually, um, Gentelli. Yeah, um, and that was yeah. Yeah, Sergeant Gentelli. Um, a year ago, I was going through some things, mm -hmm. and um, I saw that first sergeant patch, and I always had that in my mind, like they could be the they're the go to person. Um, and I explained to him what I, what was going on, um, and he was just there to listen to me. He pulled me to the side and asked more information and how he could help. Um, and he helped. He definitely did help. So after then, that just like drilled in my mindset um, that they're there for the airmen, making sure they're taken care of. Yeah. So what what kind of issues or like uh, would you or would you have like your uh, your airmen, you know, now you're, you're an NCO. And so you, you get a troop or something, what kind of things would, if they brought something to you, what subjects would you then take to a first sergeant? I would say like, if there's anything going on, like in their section, um, and they feel like there's a, like a barrier there or like, like their family or if anything going is going on outside, um, and I don't know the resources, but I feel like the first sergeant, he or she could guide me um, on what to do next. Um, that's where I feel I would go to the first sergeant. Do you feel like they're valuable? I do. Yes. Yes. Because they know resources that I might not know of, that they know of. And then they, they could open me up to that. And then I can bring that to my airmen. Yeah. When you were describing that police officer that had a positive role in your life, you see that being the first sergeants for the military? I do, yes. Now that I think about it, yes, I do. It's like that um, person you can trust. Yeah. Um, that's what comes to my mind, honestly. Yeah. It's the do, you, do you feel like that police officer, because he cared about you, you know, and, and, and I believe that you believe that he cared about you, right? Right. And because he cared about you, do you feel like he also would have uh, if you were, if you were straying off course or maybe you were straying off course, did he correct you? Or do you feel like that's also a role that he would have to have in that moment is, Hey, you may have to be, you know, the guy that, that maybe doesn't, or maybe puts the gotchas on you, or maybe just, you know, kind of gives you a, a tap and says, Hey, 
you need to get back on course. Right. Actually, yes. Um, that's how I view them. And there was actually a moment in my life where I still talk to that officer now um, and where I was going through some barriers in my law enforcement career. And I started taking getting into that mindset. Well, maybe law enforcement isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of going into another path. And he I spoke to him about what was going on through my mind. And he kind of pushed me back. He was like, no, he was like, God gave you a re- God gave you this dream, gave you this goal for a reason. He was like, so stay, stay the course. He was like, you're yeah. going to get in. Um, do, you, do you see yourself maybe being a first sergeant at some point? I've thought about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, especially after talking to Sergeant Gentile um, and him being there for me. Um, I have definitely kept that in my mind um, of being that first sergeant and being that go-to person for airmen uh, yeah. later on in the future. All right. So I want to end with, uh, what are you loving? So, uh, every time someone comes in here, I'd like to hear what they're loving. It could be anything from a new pair of shoes to a, a great song that's on the radio or, um, or, you know, spending time with family, whatever the weather. So what's something right now that you're just loving? I would definitely say being here at Grissom and before I didn't really used to have like that supervisor. So senior master sergeant T being there for me yeah. and like providing me all these opportunities that Grissom has that I really didn't know of. And that would always just take me to my comfort zone. And now she's like pushing me out of that comfort zone. And it's like making me like more open to people and just being able to show my true side. So that that's what I'm like really loving. Cause it's making me grow in the military side as well in the civilian side. Well, I'm loving that too, getting to know you more and getting to know you better. And also the fact that uh, Sergeant Transfiguration is is pushing you out there to where more airmen get to yes. know you and get to see you and you get to know and, and know, you know, and see those airmen. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, you've been awesome and you continue to be awesome. So uh, I look forward to seeing what you're doing with your career, you know, five, six, 10 years down the road. So yes. thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thank you. Oh, so what a great conversation with with Sergeant Perez, man. Uh, uh, never saw that story coming. No, and, and I'm glad that you asked her to uh, expand on it because I was ready to. Yeah. And I'm it, glad she did. So it's so uh, neat to hear those stories. And man, it's just amazing that we never know as we walk through our life how our actions are going to impact others for a long period of time. And so great conversation with her. We're going to build on that conversation as we we step in uh, or we bring in uh, Master Sergeant Ben Moda, who is our resiliency wing, resiliency first sergeant here and uh, Senior Master Sergeant Zach Chapin, who is an additional duty first sergeant to get their perspective on first sergeants. All right. So uh, we want to welcome now into uh, the studio here with Sergeant Weaver and I is uh, Senior Master Sergeant Zach Chapin, who is over in IGI and uh, Master Sergeant Ben Moda, who is our wing resiliency uh, first sergeant. So welcome, fellas. Hey, good morning, Chief. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we we know you guys, but we always try to get a little bit of, of to, to know each other. So since you're sitting across from me, uh, Sergeant Chapin is. Why don't you give us a little bit like, hey, where are you from? How long you been here type thing? All right, Chief. So I've uh, been here at Grissom since uh, 2004. I've been in art since 2008. Uh, so I've been here a good little while. Started out in maintenance, uh, worked my way up to safety. And then now, uh, like you alluded to, the superintendent of inspections in uh, the IGI office. Yeah. So you know, most people probably know him from those safety videos, uh, <laughs> yes, which are pretty epic. <laughs> uh, well, what was your character called? Safety man? Safety man. Yes, yeah. Sir. Very ingenious. Like, I feel like it's, <laughs> yeah. if, we need, if we get stuck with anything, uh, so we were, let's let's call on him. He's, call the safety man. Yeah, call safety man. I still have my cape. Yeah, oh, just good. in case. Oh, yeah, nice, good. That's nice. good to know. That's good to know. And a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And we fully expect to see you in it at the next UTA. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you you had four years there. Were were you just a were not were you a TR? Uh, I was, yes, sir. I was a TR uh, living down in Indianapolis. So originally from Champaign, Illinois, and then moved over to Indianapolis. Yeah, once smart I, move. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Uh, once I enlisted, um, you know, a few more job opportunities there uh, and a little bit easier to commute on the UTA weekends. So and okay. then that, you know, evolved into the art position. And uh, it's been great to me ever since. Yeah. Awesome. So you got some some deep roots here. I uh, know a lot of the the maintainers 
uh, and, and kind of grew up with some of them that are over there in that leadership role. So, yes, sir. And it's great, great, been great getting to know you and, and working with you, uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Likewise, so. chief. Thank you. Sergeant Moda. Uh, I came to Grissom as a traditional reservist from the army reserves in 2005. Mm, also a smart move. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, I agree to that one. Um, and worked in public affairs for about four years, uh, switched over to EO for a couple years. Um, came back to public affairs as a traditional reservist again, um, until the art vacancy opened up in 2014, uh, continued here as a art for a couple of years until a straight civilian position opened up in public affairs. And then recently about a year and a half ago, transitioned into the role of the first sergeant. Yeah. So what were you doing? You were a TR and then what were you doing on the outside? On the outside as a civilian police officer in okay. Wabash County. Okay. And then you had the art job that now tech sergeant josh the dream weaver is in so if you yes. had to grade him fill in your shoes like uh, mm. where do you where do you kind of put we'll, him we'll talk again off right, air yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have a strong c minus that's right that's right somebody told me the other day it's like hey i just passed my fitness test so yeah yeah how well did you do 77 i said they knocked it out of the park like, <laughs> great job 75 passing so so good job so Hey, we're going to talk about uh, first sergeants. Obviously, we got uh, Sergeant Moda is here as a the res resiliency first sergeant, but uh, also and the first AGR first sergeant that we had here on the base, and one of the first AGR first sergeants in Africa. Oh, wow. which I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. So yeah, so I, what I like to say when you're the first is you're the best, you're the worst. So uh, good <laughs> job on that, right? Oh yeah, good job <laughs> on that already. Uh, and then Sergeant Chapin, you've kind of moved in and out of the additional duty first sergeant position, and so uh, you know want to get your your take and a division. We want to talk about first sergeants and just where they fit into Africa, and also maybe even dive into a little bit on how it's changed. Because I think the role of the first sergeant now is different than the role of the first sergeant when when maybe we came in. Absolutely. And so, uh, so like with that, when I say first sergeant, and since that is your job description, Sergeant Moda, we'll go with Sergeant Chapin on this. <laughs> uh, or actually, we'll go with Sergeant Weaver. So uh, the dream, tell us, what's, you, what's your thought on where, what is the role of a first sergeant in a squadron? Well, first off, time out. So I come up with the questions and then I get asked them as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat. I was not prepared Front for this. Center. Let's go. That's Plot, all right. Plot twist. Uh, I have the question again. Uh, yeah. The question is, what do you see the role of the first sergeant in a squadron? Um, I really think that the, the first sergeant is kind of your, at least to me, it's, it's the person that I go to for advice on something. Mm -hmm. Um, They've definitely with, especially if we just look at rank, they've been around longer than I have. Um, there's, you know, normally uh, groups or organizations that they're part of that I'm not part of. There's things that they talk about, their resources that they know about that I don't know about. Um, so uh, at least for me, it's the person that I go to sometimes just event. Um, it's nice to have that, to know that you can just go to your first sergeant and vent sometimes. I'm sure that uh, Sergeant Chapin's tired of me coming down. Nah. But <laughs> it always ends up being like 30 minutes. And um, But no, just at least for me, it's it's a lot of advice. Yeah. So, Sergeant Chapin, can you just tell us what Josh talks to you about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Right? Feel free. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How long me. do we have? <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> he's like, well, it starts with you. Yeah. Uh, the person much is with you. <laughs> the person is sitting in this yeah. room. So, if you want to just yeah. keep talking. Yeah. Sergeant Moda. Sorry, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sergeant Chapin, you, you've been on both sides of that fence, right? You, you've... Your initial duty first sergeant, but you've also, you know, probably used the first sergeant. So where do you see that role? So I see him, uh, you know, through, in my eyes, it's kind of the morale and welfare uh, individual that you go to. Right. And so they're part of that triad with the senior enlisted leader and the commander, mm -hmm. um, you know, leading an organization. Um, 
there's a lot of, a lot of fun stuff that goes with it. You know, really enjoy the professional development side and taking care of people, awards programs. Um, and you know, sometimes you get, you get involved in the discipline side, but, um, looking at it more of a rehabilit from a rehabilitation perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, taking care of the airmen, making sure that they understand exactly what the objective is moving forward, setting that left and right boundary, you know, like, Hey, this is the area you should be operating in. Uh, how can I help you? stay in that lane? How can I help you get better? Um, so I, I just really enjoy it. I, I like walking around talking to folks. I like hearing, you know, like Sergeant Weaver thinks he's a burden, but he, he definitely isn't because the things that he asked me makes me better as well. Yeah. I don't always have the answer. I'm happy to go find the answer. So, um, please keep it coming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will keep you employed. I promise. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. it, I think sometimes we get that twisted too, is we're like, Oh, you, it's discipline. You're punishing someone. Well, it's not really punishing you, correcting them, right? Is, right. is you care about them. You're, Absolutely. You're trying to course correct here is, Hey, you're a little bit off. Let's try to get you back on. Yeah. Maybe you've drifted outside of, of what the, our left and right bounds were. Now let's, let, let's put that, you know, let's get you back on track. Exactly. And if we don't, you know, if we don't take the time to course correct, people are going to continue mm -hmm. moving on the path that they're going on. Right. So if, if I'm doing something wrong, I want somebody to tell me, um, and you know, maybe I have a good reason for why I'm doing that. Um, yeah. and maybe we can get on the same page by having that conversation. But if I'm way outside my lane, I need somebody to tell me so I can get back in and I can be my best and I can be the best resource uh, for the wing that I can be. Yeah. So as much as I want to just keep the conversation right here and watch uh, out of the corner of my eyes, watch our mother squirm, right? Uh, we're going to that bar, man. Yeah. Kill him. <laughs> but I kind of want to twist this question a little bit for you is because, you know, I think someone out there and we talked to uh, Sergeant Perez earlier and we'll kind of bring up uh, some of her comments is that, that she made and kind of see where they fit into your guys' uh, vision and, and goals here. But Let's talk about as someone can bring those things to you as, you know, Josh brings things to you. How important do you feel like trust is at that point? Trust is absolutely one of the most important things that you can have with an airman. Um, uh, first off, this job is about taking care of airmen. Like that is uh, when someone asks me what a first sergeant does, I always go back to the, you are taking care of your airmen. I feel if you take care of your airmen, the mission is going to take care of itself. But that's a broad, that's a broad stroke, right? Because mm -hmm. taking care of airmen, uh, you know, what that means to Sergeant Chapin or the dream or myself, like that, you're going to get three different opinions and then you throw you're in, there's four, right? And so an airman looks at that and says, well, taking care of me is, you know, I don't get along with my supervisor, so you should correct him. Or what is that? What does that look like from a first sergeant perspective of taking care of airmen? Well, it could, like you said, first of all, building that trust. Mm -hmm. um, if if your airmen don't trust you, they're not going to come to you with issues. Um, and if you break that trust, they're definitely not going to come to you with issues. Um, so first, as a first sergeant, you have to build that trust. Mm -hmm. and, and that starts with getting to know your airmen, um, knowing what they do on their personal lives, knowing what their goals are, what their intentions are, why they join the Air Force, um, what their family sees their military life as being. Um, and just getting to know them, building that trust with them, um, making sure that they can come to you when they have a conversation that they don't want everybody else to know. And bringing sometimes, you know, you're not always the subject matter expert at everything you do, but you have to know the resources that you can get them to in the event they 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 need someone they can speak to that does have that 100% confidentiality. Right. So you, you talked about, you know, earning that trust and keeping things uh, between you, but there are certain things that you have to report. Absolutely. Right. Like you're, you're not, you're still a mandated reporter. Correct. Right. So, so those things have harmed to yourself, harmed to yourself. If, if, if someone comes to a first sergeant and, um, uh, they've, uh, committed a UCMJ violation, um, we're mandatory reporters. We have mm -hmm. to report those items. Um, but for different things like, um, for example, um, sexual assault or a yeah. mandatory report of that for that. That's a UCMJ violation. Um, so that's why when you get to know the individuals, you, you start building that trust. And if you think they're moving towards a conversation that, um, that might void that confidentiality, we try to get them to the right resource before we actually get to that point. Yeah. So one of the things I like to do is when people come in and they're like, Hey chief, can we, can we close the door here and, and have a conversation? I'm like, sure. Hey, before you start, I want you to know that I really want to help you through the situation, but I'm also a mandated reporter. 
And so if we go down a path of one of those things, I've got to report it. Now, we have people in this space that aren't mandated reporting, the chapel staff. So I can get you to someone if you're just looking to get something off your chest and and it may put you in a bad situation to do this. And so, um, but yeah, that that trust is is big. And I think we kind of go through waves, right? Of, I mean, can we all think of a first sergeant that we had that we're like, I didn't trust that person. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. And <laughs> what's that do to a squadron? It 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 ruins the squadron. Um, it it causes them to go to outside sources. It, it creates tension in the squadron. Or not or not talk at all. Yeah. Which is the worst thing, right? Absolutely. I think that's what it is more often than not. Yeah. Is not talking at all. Yeah. And it's and we're talking about, you know, things as simple as, hey, I want to make the next rank. What do I need to do? Well, here's what the AFI says that you need to do. You know, these are the these are the basic minimums that we can start with those and let's let's work out to, you know, my wife's leaving me, my kids hate me, uh, my finances are in the in the tank. Like, I mean, you know, to that point of, hey, we're doing a warm handoff with um, you know, one of our our resources to get people some serious help. And so it's it's so important that trust and that that is that's huge on on that trust um how do you see it how do you think it's changed so you were in the army yeah. right so, so army first sergeants uh different it's we want to talk about them but uh, let's talk about here <laughs> like how do you foresee like because you came you switched over and what did you say 2004? 2004 yeah so you were 2004 you're 2005 so since 2005, have, how have you seen the role of the first sergeant change? Well, uh, when I first got here, the and, and it's changed a lot since 2005, but initially when I came into the Air Force, the the primary role of the first sergeant was to deal with disciplinary issues. So if you see, immediately when you see the first sergeant come into the room, uh-oh, what did I do? Or the yeah. first sergeant will call you down to his office and you're like, oh, man. And, you know, whether it be a travel voucher or something that you hadn't got accomplished, it, it was almost always discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just how the first sergeant was seen. Um, and since then, uh, I feel that the first sergeant has changed into more of a, another another tool that we have here for airmen um, when it comes to dealing with any type of issues that they're going through. Um, and it doesn't even have to be an issue. It can be, you know, something, uh, you know, if they have ideas in the squadron that they want to implement, or if they're looking at, um, their next step towards promoting in rank, like what are some of the things that they need to do? Um, educating them on PME, um, you know, just different things like that. So it's, it's drastically changed since, since I became a first sergeant. Sergeant Chapin, what do you think? Yeah. So when I first came in, the only time we'd see the first sergeant would be really commander's calls or like Sergeant Motor said, if somebody was in trouble. Yeah. Right. And as I think one of the fundamental changes, you know, as, I, as I've kind of progressed through is, you know, just that intentional effort to be more present. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just getting out, knowing people. Um, I also think there's some challenges between an active duty and a TR first sergeant. Right. Yeah. So Sergeant Motor being here full time on that AGR um, in the AGR role, I think is, is great because he is able to stay involved on the day to day, you know, where the TRs, um, if they're not as accessible during the month, you know, they've got potentially 29 days worth of things to try to catch up on and then get involved and get to know people. So I think there's, there's certainly some challenges there, which I think the additional duty first sergeant role becomes more and more important in that capacity. If you have a full timer, that's yeah. able that's able to be around. So we try to do that. We try to partner additional duty first sergeants that are here out here all the time yes, with, with those. But man, just the role of a TR has changed drastically, Absolutely. right? Yeah. From the time that I was a TR to what we ask of TRs it's now, changed a lot. drastically <laughs> changed, right? And it's and I I don't know. I look at it and I'm like. Uh, I used to remember your first sergeant was always at the smoke pit, yeah. right? You remember that? Like, <laughs> your first sergeant was, was, the was a dude out there, you know, or dudette out there smoking a cigarette with everyone, like, you know, hey, get the, that's, that was the water cooler for the military, yeah. right? was the smoke pit. And so you're like, well, you know what I heard? And you're like, how'd you hear that? Well, I was out the smoke pit. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was out, right? out there in the smoke pit. And so, uh, and the first sergeant had been through some crap. Yeah. Right. And, and the, the same way with like chiefs is that's the way it used to be is like your chiefs had, uh, they had some of the shady past a little bit, <laughs> you know, uh, what do you think, Josh? Um, so I've been active duty for most of my time in the air force mm-hmm. and 
It's fortunate for us. So I will say that my first assignment, so my first three and a half years in the Air Force, I have no idea who my first sergeant was. No clue. Wow. Um, Is that because you didn't have any problems? Or you just maybe had a first sergeant that... I don't know. I don't, I didn't really have any, any real problems. You know, I'm pretty new to the air force and I don't, Mm -hmm. um, but I have no idea who my first sergeant was. And then when I PCS, even there, I guess actually within the wing with wing staff agencies, we didn't have a a first sergeant. We didn't even have an additional duty first sergeant. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think my last two years there, uh, we had an additional duty shirt who was a tech sergeant at the time. And so now I'm seeing, and this was probably, uh, what, like 2017. So this is probably when the first sergeants are like starting to be seen more. They're going to the, and it was, it was awesome to have that. It was, it was almost just someone to talk to someone to, someone to BS with and, and hang out with while you're at work. Yeah. I, I definitely, you know. I, I knew who my first arm was because uh, <laughs> we, we've heard yeah, about your time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember a very distinct uh, time with the first arm. The when I first got to Dover, it's and he was like six foot six, big old dude, and uh, uh, that there was some questions on a hotel room that I'd stayed in, but wasn't left in the best condition. <laughs> and he called me in, and he's like. I mean, is this how you treat your stuff? Is this how you, and I said, well, really, it wasn't me that trashed it. There's <laughs> a lot of other people in that room. <laughs> and he did not find that amusing. He started reading your rights at that time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he stood up and, and uh, I thought I was about to get punched because I didn't think that was off limits to first started at that point. Uh, and so, yeah, I, but, so I had a different, take them but i always that guy never treated me any different right like he he was a disciplinarian but then it wasn't like he he saw me who for a, who i was at that time he saw me for who i could have been and, and and probably one of the reasons why you know i turned my my career around a little bit and so um so yeah, that it is, it's, I feel like it's changed a lot. Um, so why, if it's changed so much, why did you choose to do it? I mean, you were, Sarmoda, you were living fat, dumb, and happy and, uh, and in not necessarily in that order. And, <laughs> uh, well, in public affairs, like, right. So you were a yeah. civilian. Um, you know, I don't know if you took a pay cut, but I would assume that you know, being a straight civilian and being a TR, maybe took a little bit of a pay cut there. Um, yeah. Why'd you want to do this? So I had I had been an additional duty first sergeant for uh, two or three years uh, prior to to this opportunity opening up for me, um, and I had had a couple encounters with first sergeants that really impacted my career and really impacted the way I chose to to go in on the military side, and um, I've I've just always been in a in in a position where um, I was receiving all this knowledge from the mentors that I had in the Air Force. And all the time working as an additional duty first sergeant, I was passing down this knowledge. And I just felt that for me, this was an opportunity to give back what so many good mentors and other first sergeants had provided to me. Um, and when the opportunity came up, I just, I, I, I knew it was, I knew it was that time. And um, it's one of the best for me, it's one of the best career fields. If you're if you're truly passionate about taking care of people, um, because you get dumped some pretty hard stuff sometimes, some stuff that's uh, pretty difficult to deal with. Um, but in the end, being able to help an airman through a crisis, um, yeah, uh, there's nothing better for me in my career than being able to do that. So, would you have had the opportunity to promote to senior master sergeant? 
in public affairs? I'd be a senior master sergeant right now. If, if he uh, did his PME on time. Yeah. <laughs> he's PME's done. done. He's done with PME. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. PME is done. Yeah. Well, once I got to supervise him, we <laughs> so, uh, Speaking of discipline. Yeah. So, so you, you give up this senior master sergeant rank. Mm-hmm. You give up, you know, the civilian, the freedom of, of being a civilian a bit, right? Correct. And you talk about you're dealing with some issues that, and I know some of the issues that you've dealt with. You think it's worth it? Absolutely. What, what makes it worth it? The, the relationships that you build with the individuals that you help in these crisis moments. Um, the, the way the families react to the help that you've provided. Um, some of the things that you do, it's just, it's just, it's just selfless service. Um, and it's, I don't know. There's just something, uh, there's just something about taking care of people and, um, and making this a work environment where everybody wants to be here. And, um, you know, a lot of times I tell people, all you have to do is just stop and listen to your airman. Just take a moment. And if you don't do anything for that airman, just openly listen to what they're telling you and what they're saying, because sometimes with their supervisions or some of the issues that they're having, all they need is someone to just sit down and listen to them, not, checking your text messages, not checking an email or doing something on that lines while you're speaking to them, just stopping and listening to them. And, um, it just, it, it makes me feel good. Like it just taking care of people. I think it's always come natural to me. I've always been in a service providing role. I, I worked probation. I worked, um, corrections. I worked juvenile detention and, um, I always felt the, the best times in my life were when I was helping others. And, um, this is the perfect role and opportunity to continue to do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, got to see you in this position. You were one of the the first hires I had, you know, coming into this and, uh, and thanks for making me look smart. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I appreciate that, but it got to see you mature and, and, you know, go through a process of this and, and it's been amazing. So thank you for that. I, what I also want to kind of throw out right now is these were one of the things that I looked at when I'm setting an interview with you is, so this guy's given up senior math, sergeant. He's given up the freedom of, of being a straight civilian. And I've, I've laid it on because remember those conversations we had was, Hey man, when I call or when an airman calls, I don't care if you're at dinner with your wife. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're at, you know, a birthday party. I don't, that may be the only call we get from that airman. Right. And it may be the last call we get. So I expect that you drop everything to handle this situation. Absolutely. And you were like, yeah, sign me up. And so those, those are the pieces <laughs> I look for, uh, you know, and, and I'd look at it was like, all right, like students really got nothing to gain here other than the value of the job mm-hmm. and knowing the value of the job. What about for you, Sergeant Chapman? What makes you, you want, want to do this? Like this is, you, this is not your full-time job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it may feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just really enjoy it. Right. And, and I had built, um, at least what I think are some, a lot of really good relationships within the squadron here amongst wing staff. And I just felt like I had some more to give. Right. And along the lines of what Sergeant Moto was saying, I've had mentors that have given me a lot of good advice and put me onto some resources and some professional development opportunities that have really helped in my career. And, and I was excited to share that with others. Right. And so, um, kind of taking those, those relationships and a step further. So, you know, show up in the work center, how you doing, how you doing on PME, anything I can help with. Um, and there are things in the additional duty role that, that I can't do. Right. So there's some things that have to go to Sergeant Moda, um, but just establishing those relationships and opening up those those lines of, of contact uh, to make sure that they know I'm, I'm a, at least uh, I can be a first stop for them, right? I may not be the guy that that sees it through, um, as far as like administratively, right? right but like you. I'm gonna follow up and say, yeah. hey, is everything okay? Um, but a lot of it is, you know, a lot of this stuff is, in my opinion, just what it takes to be a good senior NCO. 
right? And so I think if you want to, if you want to test how good a senior NCO you are, sign up for that additional duty first sergeant or, or be a first sergeant and, and take it to the next level and, and uh, use those resources to help other people out. But I can think of a time when I was an NCO and it still haunts me to this day. It was a situation and, and knowing what I know now, I didn't handle it right. You yeah. know, and, and I'm fortunate enough that that person still talks to me because yeah. looking back, like, well, I, I really, I really messed the bed on that one. Yeah. Uh, I should have done a lot of different things. Let's um, unpack that a little bit and go ahead and name names. But yeah. no, <laughs> uh, you want to you use this forum to be a public apology. Yeah. Like, go ahead. But uh, so talk about that. Like, so you screwed this up. Oh, absolutely. And, but I didn't realize it at the time, you know, and it wasn't until I got more involved and I learned about the resources on base and I learned about, and I took the PME and I went to the classes I'm like, golly, these scenarios are eerily similar to what I dealt with, you know, mm -hmm. several years ago. And um, I don't want other people to feel like that. I'd like other people to be equipped to where, because that situation could have gone south. I mean, it yeah. could have gone bad. Have, and, you, have uh, you done the emotional intelligence training? With yeah, that? and that's, that's yeah. the one that it really hits home. And, you know, the multiple choice questions on PME, that doesn't set you up for those situations. Right? Yeah, yeah. When, when you've got real feelings and real people in your office, uh, and you've got to make a decision on, on how to move forward and how to help them. Like ABCD isn't on the wall, you know, yeah. you don't get to click a button. Um, you got to be prepared to do the right thing. And, and, you know, I would encourage people to use the resources that we have on base or, or just go out and learn, talk to those people, talk to Aaron, talk to Christy or Amy, um, and get out and learn exactly what they do. So, you know, um, when somebody shows up in your office, what the best place to take them is. Right. So yeah. I've used these resources myself. I've, Absolutely. I've experienced, um, some of these things. So I guess to get back to your original question, I, I was all over the place there, but, um, yeah, it just felt like I had more to give back and more than I could offer to the folks around me. Yeah. And you feel like, you know, you, you, you talk about giving back and you talk about, sorry, Moda, you talk about, uh, um, taking care of airmen. How do you feel like this job is taking care of you? Oh, you know, that's, that's a good question, chief. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes us better every day, right? I mean, every situation that ends up as hard as it is makes you better for the next time, right? And the next time, and it helps you share those experiences just like we're doing right now, uh, to making other people better equipped for how it does. So that's something I think that we need to focus on too as senior NCOs is, you know, it's important to continue to mentor those around you, but seek out your own mentor and look for those people that are, are, are willing to help make you better as well. Yeah. So, um, the dream, you ever thought about this? You ever, you ever look at this and be like, man, that's a step that I want to take or, or, you know, Hey, I, I feel like, um, you know, where you at with that? Are you talking about like, if like being a shirt is something that I've thought about? Yeah. No, um, I guess I, no, I, I just haven't, I haven't really thought about that. I think that like sitting, sitting in this room though, and being able to listen to some of the, some of the reasons why both of these two want to do it, um, then yes, it would probably, it would be something that I would consider because we've had these conversations multiple times and you just brought it up again, where, how are you supposed to know what resource to send people to if you've never experienced it. Yeah, it's like right? a common yeah. theme. With, yeah. No matter what rank we talk to people, yes. no matter where they're at in their career, resources yeah. is a big theme. And and we've had, uh, I don't remember how many podcasts it was ago, but where I had talked about that I had a really good prior UTA because we were able to, to help a couple folks. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not something that I've necessarily thought about before, but you know, listening to the reasons why both of them want to do it. It's something that I would be interested in. Right. And well, I think some people are doing it right there. There's some without without the shade the tree. They're the shade tree first sergeants. Yeah. Yeah. And, or you want to call it the shadow government of first yeah. sergeants. <laughs> and, and to add to that, like there was a point in my life where if you would have asked me to be a first sergeant, I just wasn't ready for it. Why? Um, like what, but in, but why were you not ready in 2014 when I came back from my deployment, 
I was a mess and I needed, I needed a first sergeant. I needed the resources that mm-hmm. were there for me. Um, even as early as three, four years ago, you know, we were dealing with some family issues and, um, you know, I had all the, the, all the kids were still in the house. And, um, one of the big things that I knew I was ready for it is, um, my wife and I are in a really good place in our, our marriage. Our, our last child is 17. She'll be a senior next, um, uh, when the school year starts and, um, we, we just felt we were truly in a good place where, um, I could step away from the family if I needed to, um, I could step away from whatever I had going on on the weekend. Um, our kids aren't young anymore. Um, a, a single parent with three young children, it'd be very difficult for them to be a first sergeant. Um, but two things that, that I want to, I want to pull out of there. Number one, do you still feel like you can have problems? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, I think sometimes we get this as, man, I, I got, you know, maybe my, my relationship with my kids is not too, shoot. I'll tell you right now. It's like, I, I go through ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know, is, uh, you know, it, with, with relationships with, with my life. And, and I've shared on here before is, you know, I've, I've had my life in shambles before. And, you know, when it comes to, to family falling apart and, and I'm a superintendent of a squadron and, Sure. I, I got to pull it together, but I also got to know those same resources helped me. Absolutely. <laughs> right? And the, I think those same people that I'm walking people to, I'm, I'm like, Hey, after you get done talking to them, I might maybe <laughs> talk to you too. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? and, and I think it also helps on from that aspect. I've, I've taken people to, um, Aaron, our behavioral health specialist. And initially they were hesitant to go to her. And I said, Hey, you know, she's great. I've actually sat down and had a similar conversation with her. And what I can promise you is you're not going to leave after speaking with her feeling any worse than you are right now. And I can say that from personal experience. And after that, the member said, okay, let's, let's walk over there. So I, th- I think the other part I want to unpack too is, you know, you do have a, a kid that's going to be a senior and, and, you know, I look at my son just, you know, we just did his graduation party and, you know, by the time this podcast airs, he'll, he'll have already walked across, got his diploma and, um, you know, we're just one step closer to him, uh, being out of the house and out of the pocket, but it's, you know, you look at those things and. I've never apologized to him for missing, you know, I missed his last cross country meet. It ripped my heart out, but I've never apologized for that because I, I was here at work and I was helping people is because I go back to him and I go, man, you know what this life provided you? Like, do you, you know what this, this life, you know, provided? I mean, he's, it's going to go to college and he was part of a GI bill that. Absolutely. That's the cost of doing that business, right? And it's it's also now he fully understands that whether it's him, whether it's an airman, whether it's somebody I just met at a grocery store, if I think that that possibly could be the last opportunity to have a conversation with that person, man, I, I'll miss anything. Right. And, and the people around me know that it, if he's missing this, there was something he needed to do. And it's just like, you know, having that relationship with Colonel Pemberton or, you know, even you and I talk, I know I took a week off here, uh, you know, a month ago and it was just to clear my head, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd just be like, I don't, I'm not really on the verge of anything. I just, I want, I want, I feel like I'm getting a little bit cloudy. There's a lot of pieces that are going through my head right now. I want to clear some of those up. And so, uh, yeah, so it, I think some of it is perspective is, will I have to miss a, a few operates, few things? Yeah. But will I be there for other people in those moments? Oh yeah, absolutely. You should, you know, if you, if you gain that trust, if you gain those pieces. And so I think we, we talk a little bit about, uh, you know, and we, we hit on this discipline piece, but what about morale? Like, you know, Sergeant Weaver, what do you think? Like, how much role does a first sergeant in a squadron have for morale? Um, I'm not sure as far as like, what is that your, you know, is, is that your job? Right. Mm-hmm. But I know that at least in the last year and a half or so since uh, Sergeant Chapin has been the uh, additional duty shirt, you know, you had a lot of COVID stuff going on and, you know, 
they see that they see that outside of just their section. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they may not be the person that is organizing some sort of event to, you know, help with morale, but they're the person that others go to for that. Meaning like, Hey, I know you see it too. Morale is probably pretty low right now. Do you have any ideas? And it's just a conversation. Again, it's someone to go and talk to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I told the commander one time, I said, um, your first sergeant is kind of like your thermostat. (laughs) (laughs) We we're it's our job to get out there and uh, gauge the temperature of the morale of the unit. Um, if it's getting a little hot, sometimes we need to provide some tools or some options that we can, um, give to the commander to, to, to lower that thermostat back down, whether that be morale activities, um, you know, time off awards, um, whatever it might be. Um, but we kind of set the, we kind of help set the temperature in the unit. And, um, I think sometimes when people hear that, they're like, oh, so I gotta be a cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, no, for real. Like, I, I, I think they're a catalyst. Is that a, yeah, I think they're, you know, you, you get the fire started, right? So if you're seeing things like you're talking about our motor, where you're that, that thermostat, right? If you, if you're sensing the things, morale's getting a little bit low, right? Like let's, uh, let's start putting some together, right? Like you don't have to be the, the cheerleader or the, or the person that, that does it, right? We, we, we talk about empowering airmen a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago. And that's a great way to empower, empower a couple airmen, right? Like put a little, uh, put a little something together for the squadron or, um, you know, let's encourage game night. Let's talk about who are your who are your outstanding performers this past quarter. Let's start looking at awards, um, looking at different ways that we can help motivate people and encourage them. Oh, let's, play, let's play some frisbee golf. Let's yeah. play some. I think, man, you I bring think, up the frisbee golf. I keep hey, asking you, you turn me down. Like, you keep turning me down. <laughs> the course is right outside my window. I've never seen you out there playing. <laughs> right. That's why I keep saying <laughs> I have no idea how to play this game. I don't know. I, I talked but, to Chief Gaffney the other day and he goes, Hey, you want to play some frisbee? I'm like, Yes, I want to play some frisbee golf. And he's like, Do you have a set of frisbees? And I'm like, I don't I know said. what that means. <laughs> He's like, I got one? a driver, a short range, and a oh. and a putter. And I'm like, you're not putting anything. You throw it. Yeah, I did. So there's a lot I don't know. Like I am, I'm intrigued by things I don't know anything about. So Chief, I thought you were, I, think, I thought you were subject matter expert. I'm I've never froth. So I, I never froth. <laughs> I think one other thing uh, with the with the morale piece, and and I've experienced this at least with uh, Sergeant Chapin is like. Since they have, since the first sergeant does have a gauge, at least a little bit, if not a lot, on the morale of, of the unit as a whole, that they're also that person that when you go to, uh, they let you know, they're not going to give specifics, but they'll let you know that you're you're not you're not by yourself, you're not the only one right. here that's that's got this kind of stuff going on. And with that being said, like, what do we want to do? How do we want to fix it? And it's not. Um, it's not you or you as the, I know I'm pointing to people that they can't see now. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love when people do that on podcasts. <laughs> You're great yeah. at this. Hey, take a look at this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but voice, voice and face for radio, it's but not, <laughs> not the actions. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not necessarily always the first sergeant that's coming up with the idea. Right. Right. But they might be the person that's planting that seed. Yeah, or just copying off someone else. Yeah, right. Which right. Is, <laughs> talking, right. It's a great networking piece, right? Is so you've got to go to these first sergeant meetings. There's a first sergeant council. Um, you know, you you got to be there for those. And so, you know, that's a great time to bring up. Hey, I'm, I've got morale issues right now. What do, what are you guys seeing that's that's fixed this, right? Um, so. I think we've hit a lot of these the, the pieces here uh, that that we wanted to hit on first sergeant. The big thing, though, I, I want to, I've said this a couple times, and I don't know if I've ever said it on here, but there's a difference between your job and the job. So your job, Sergeant Chapin, is the IGI superintendent, right? Inspection superintendent, is that it? Yes, right? sir. But your job, the, the job as a senior NCO is to take care of airmen. Absolutely. And so I think sometimes we get in this of that's the first sergeant's job. What's our job as senior NCOs, as NCOs, as airmen to take care of each other. So what might fall into the, the job jar 
of some of these things being a, a first sergeant's role, it's our job to make sure that we're taking care of each other. It's our job to know what the resources are to be able to help someone. It's our job to know who the right people are to get our airmen to, to talk to them. And so I, I also think there's, there's no airmen and, and that's a big A. So whether they're uh, the brand new to the military or they've been in this military for 35 years, there's no airman that sets out to want somebody else to be their hero. There's no one that comes to me with an issue and is just like, chief, be my hero. But sometimes we get that in our head. Sometimes as you know, the, the first sergeants or whatever is they, they get this in their head that, Hey, I need to be this person's hero. I need to, I need to save them. Right. But we listened to Sergeant Perez tell a story about a police officer earlier that poured into her life and he wasn't her hero, but he empowered her to be her own hero, to change her own life. And so i look at that as the first sergeant's role, you know, for me being the functional manager of the first sergeants here at Grissom. To me, it's your role as the first sergeant is to empower our airmen to be the heroes of their own story. To where if that means that, that they want to, they need to, to resources to help their family, you empower them to get those resources. And that means that you need to empower them to get control of their, their career because it's, it's spiraling down. Mm -hmm. Then you are. I don't know how many times I've come to you and, um, you know, to give you a backstory on, on what just happened. And I, I see your eyebrow start to raise a little bit and you say, usually the first words that comes out of your mouth is why didn't the supervisor do that? Or yeah. where was the supervisor? Okay. It's, it's great. You're doing that, but, but let's start, let's start mentoring the supervisors and, um, and getting the supervisors involved because a lot of the stuff that the first sergeants are doing, it's just, um, it's not just the first sergeants, um, supervisors. And we have a lot of, a lot of supervisors. Our who job. Are, absolutely. And when I say our, I mean, it's, it's all of our job to do that from Sergeant Perez, you know, to, to Colonel Pemberton from, you know, our newest back from basic training, you know, again, to, to Colonel Pemberton, it's our job to take care of each other. And, and not just that it's, it's, it's one of the things that separates us from, if you look at all the other militaries around the world, um, our, our NCO core, our leadership core, um, in the air force and, um, other military branches in the U S military branches is unique in the aspect that, um, that we're able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing we don't want to do is, is lose the ability to, to take care of each other, to have that open communication. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what separates us from other militaries and, um, those other militaries are, are around the world. Our enemy is, is constantly trying to break that bond that we have. So, um, it, it's important. I think, yeah, building that connectedness within an organization too. I mean, as, as reserves, uh, and we've talked about this before, but we have some really unique opportunities with people that have outside experience and outside skill sets that are so valuable to each of us. So, you know, even as a senior master sergeant, that doesn't mean that there's not a, a senior airman or an A1C or somebody out there that has some extremely valuable things that I can learn from them. Um, but if we're not connected, if we're not building those relationships, you know, we're never going to know, you know, you know, how much, how the value of everybody that's around us. Yeah. And but, it's, it, it's also why our resources here are so important because as a reserve base, most of our airmen are so far from a military base that, um, if they don't have that connection, if they don't have that bond with their, with their NCOs, then they don't know, they might not know the resources that are available to them. Um, we have a lot of people that come from Chicago, Illinois. How many States are we up to now with 32 is what we're at 32 yes. servants. So, um, being able to have that relationship with them so they can reach out to us. Um, and sometimes that means finding them local services, um, referring them to a, a domestic violence counselor in their area. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to have that trust. We have to have that um, relationship built in order to do that. All right. So to kind of put a bow on this, man, trust is vital. 
And you don't just earn that trust when we we throw a first sergeant patch on someone or we throw an additional duty first sergeant patch on them. You earn that trust through relationships. So we're back to another theme that is on these podcasts is building relationships. Um, we took a little break there uh, because, you know, in true first sergeant fashion, as we talked about before, Sergeant Moda uh, was getting some phone calls and and had to go handle an issue. So he's no longer with us inside the studio. He's with us still, like he's alive, <laughs> but but he's no longer with us in in here. And so, um, man, I, I appreciate you, Sergeant Chapin, taking time out of your day to uh, to spend with us and provide some insight and some perspective to us. And I appreciate you stepping up to the plate and being an additional duty first sergeant. But I know that even if you didn't have that title you'd still be doing the same thing. I appreciate that, Chief. Thanks, sir. And so, and Sergeant Weaver is always, man, the dream. That's what, that's why you call it the dream. It's because <laughs> you're making this thing happen and you make it seem so easy. And uh, and I know how difficult it is because sometimes herding these cats to get us together. So, so thanks, thanks for that. You actually did a great job today of not going, uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Yep. I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of uh, Pentecost in me. Doesn't that I want to amen everything? <laughs> oh, I want to be like, yeah, preach, come on. Uh, so yeah. So that it's taking a lot of uh, self uh, control and willpower to, to not do that. So expect me to be wild and crazy once we get out of here. But uh, I want to end again with what we're loving, and we'll make up what Sergeant Moda's loving. Uh, he's loving being on this podcast. Like he's never been around a greater group of guys, right? <laughs> he aspires to be us. Uh, and sometimes it's, you know, a little bit annoying. We're like, okay, okay. You want to be like Sergeant Weaver. We get it. Right. But he's loving that. And he told me that. So, uh, he was loving that. But, uh, if you've, you, I'm sure you've listened to podcasts, Sergeant yes, Chapin. And, and so, uh, what are you loving right now? So I, I was thinking about this. I, I've got three. I'll make them quick. Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I do three? So, yeah, yeah. Um, the first thing that I'm loving is we're going camping this weekend. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to get the camper out and get the kids down to holiday world. I always think when people say holiday world, like it's a national lampoons. Hey, go to holiday world. It probably looks like it yeah. from an outside perspective, watching us uh, get that thing parked and uh, the circus we bring with us. But uh, that's the first thing. And then uh, second, we're getting uh, the screen porch put on uh, the back of the house. So oh, nice. I'm excited to have that time this summer and going into fall. And then finally, I'm loving the, uh, the rucking and the exercise uh, group that we've got going in the, uh, in the mornings and the camaraderie and the fellowship from that. So, yeah, uh, we don't really love it about five o'clock when I'm waking up, <laughs> yeah. but That's by six 30, I'm, I'm on board, <laughs> even though it starts at six. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I love what you said earlier is, so there's kind of a checklist there. So you get the RV. Yeah. To the camp, we're out of, well, how's that go? Right. So uh, first thing, back it in. And second thing on the checklist is apologize to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I, I believe the way it goes is first thing is back it in. Second thing is pull forward. Third thing's back it in. Fourth <laughs> yeah. thing's pull forward. It's yeah, a lot yeah, of, yeah. it's a lot of. I did apologize. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have to apologize because uh, I have a camper too. And as I was backing it in my driveway this weekend, my daughter was like, are you going to get angry this time as you're back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably. Yes. The answer to that is yes, that I am. But I did it this time. Got it first try. Oh, of course, nice. no one was watching. So oh, it doesn't count. Yeah. It doesn't no, count. count but... That doesn't count at all. If, if you're not offending your family members right? <laughs> yeah. or you're not gloating, like I see that I did that without your guys' help. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was great. I didn't need anybody yelling at me. <laughs> so Josh, what are you loving? Um, I think right now I'm, I'm really just, uh, I'm loving these, these NBA playoffs. They're pretty oh, good. Man. They, um, I guess the, the conference finals aren't near as good as the, uh, like the semis in the first mm -hmm. round and stuff, but, uh, I'm enjoying that they are every day right now. Yeah. So, you know, it, I wish that they were a little earlier. Yeah. Heck 8 30, 9 o'clock. Start like, time. Yeah. Yeah. Time. My alarm goes off at 4 15 in the morning. So mm. by the time you guys are rucking, I'm still driving in here. Yeah. <laughs> but that is, yeah. I'm looking at getting a newer car so that yeah, I can go faster. Or charge up the batteries a little more. No, on the that's Prius. not how this works. <laughs> Does it go faster if you charge those up? Or I can't charge the battery. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't plug All in. Right. I don't know. It charges, yeah. it charges as I drive. Hey, you know what? Are, hey, if you want to know something else I'm loving is that I get 55 miles to a gallon. Yeah. 
That's right. I, I could probably put together my seven vehicles that I have right now that I drive <laughs> and they would not add up to 55 miles per gallon. <laughs> so, um, man, I, I'm loving this, uh, last weekend we did, uh, a graduation party for my, my oldest boy. So my middle child and just the young man that he is, it's, it's amazing. I heard a pastor say one time is we take too much credit for where our kids are and where they aren't. And really after about the age of 12, uh, they're, they're pretty much doing their own thing and they, they get to choose. I've seen great parenting with, with terrible children and we've seen terrible children out of great parenting. And so, uh, I'm probably somewhere in the middle there, I guess is some, maybe some signs of good parenting, but, but a whole lot of bad and making mistakes. And I just, the young man that he is, uh, it just I sat back and amazed at him and, and think he's going to be a way better man than I am. And so it's just been amazing to watch. And so uh, I'm loving that. So so you succeeded then? I don't, I, I think we succeeded, you know, in just getting him to that 12 year old and, and saying, okay, he succeeded in the fact that, right. you know, he's, he's went through these highs and lows and said, you know, or, and, you know, went off of the path that we thought. And sometimes he goes off that path and then we're like, man, you're way off base. And then he's like, let me tell you why I'm over here. And you're like, man, that is a great spot to be. Like, <laughs> hey, ignore what we said earlier. <laughs> you know, Like there's no book for this. And uh, we thought this and hey, it's, there's new, new complications in that and new, some new developments. So uh, there's been several plot twists and, and things along the way, but Oh man, we're just, we're super proud of him. So excited about that and a new chapter for him. So, uh, but that's kind of ends the portion for, uh, the first sergeants. Uh, so thank you guys again so much for, for being out here and, thank and thanks for sharing some honesty and some perspective. And, you know, if you're out there and you're looking at this as an opportunity, hopefully, uh, you can relate to some of this to where you say, Hey, I, I think I have the qualities needed, uh, to be a first sergeant or you say, and have a better insight of what I need to be taken to my first sergeant. So, um, thanks. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thanks chief. Another great conversation. I, I love how, um, you know, you, you and I have talked about, we want this podcast to be pretty organic in in the conversations. And, and we had a, a list of questions we want to get through and I don't think we, Oh, we got we, to two or three, yeah, of, them, right? two or three yeah. of those, but, but what a great conversation uh, with those guys and, and with Sergeant Perez and, um, and it's a current, common theme that comes out on these is, is usually, Hey, if you know, the more benefits, you know, about the more things you explore, the more resources you have in your pocket, not just for you, but for those around you. And the big one is, and it's, it's hard to really dig in and help someone and make an impact on their life. If you don't know them. those relationships, man, those relationships are so important and it's what makes us great. It's what Grissom people knowing each other for years and years and years, you know, let's not lose sight of that. And sometimes I think as we, we work on a daily basis, which with each other, we can get annoyed or we can let one little thing, you know, stand in the way of a friendship or a relationship or uh, just that professional relationship that we have. And maybe we don't go that extra mile. And so let's put those things in the past. Let's let's get by, you know, all of those pieces. And as we move forward, let's continue to build relationships here. Let's be a place that that people come to and they feel like this is family because we are family, because we care about each other, because we look into each other's lives and we we see when someone is struggling and we'll drop everything to help that member that's struggling. So, uh Man, I appreciate it. Another another great conversation, Josh, that uh, we get to be a part of, and it's it's always uh, amazing and and such an honor to to be a part of these, you know, firsthand. So it's fun to see where they go yeah. when you have an idea of how it's going to go, and it never goes that way. Yeah, it always somehow uh, somehow seems to be better, which means maybe we don't write the questions good enough, and then yeah, people just give I'm us, okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay, it with works. It. It, it keeps opening doors. So. I mean, have, get out there, have a great uh, UTA for all of you, and uh, we hope to see you out there. And remember to 
uh, go on and fuel for thought. I mean, this is proof that what you guys are suggesting, we're trying to listen to and we're trying to put it into action out here. So uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Have a great UTA.